But there's something powerful about working for a world-class uh, engineering organization um, from where you are because on the weekend uh, or in your free time you will mentor people you know you will interact with uh, university students high school students um, you will influence the community around you Hello and welcome to another episode of the AOU podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa. I'm your host, Savannah Olo. This is season 3.0, where we explore and gain insights from mission-led leaders across the African continent and the globe. Do you have a dream you're working towards? Or maybe you're looking for the courage to finally chase it. Well, we'll give you all the insights and inspiration you need to go ahead and pursue your mission in life. On this episode, we have our guest, Mike Ndimurukundo, who is Managing Director of Andela Ronda. Today, we highlight why you should care about skilling Africa and how beneficial it could be for generations to come. Have you ever considered what this means? And if you have, was it a grandiose idea you didn't know where to start? Well, Mike is here to demystify everything, so I suggest you buckle up and prepare your mind for all the gems of knowledge we're about to drop. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the AOU podcast today. Um, it's been a, a lot. A lot has happened for us to have our schedules aligned, but I'm glad that we got to do it today. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Savannah. Um, it's it's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad we can do this finally. All right, so to kick off this episode, we usually start with a small icebreaker. And the question of the day is that if you had a paid year off work, how would you spend it? Traveling with my family. So we we love traveling. Um, So we definitely look to travel um, around the country and uh, just spending time. I think given that we're in 2021 and everything that happened this past year, uh, we even yeah. appreciate that even more. Uh, so just being able to spend time on the road with my family, um, I'm married with a wife and two kids. Uh, yeah, that would be a delight. All right. All right. Great. So where would you go? What would be the first place you and your family would go? Ah, uh, huh. Probably Seychelles. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, Seychelles would would be a lot of fun. Uh, if it's not a time of a pandemic, um, we'll definitely do Disney um, because I mean, with young kids, you know, they would enjoy themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then what else? Um, yeah, probably Paris. My son loves, has cartoons that he loves, and there's always the Eiffel Tower, so I know he would love that. (laughs) So experiencing that together, uh, me and my wife have done some travel, but experiencing that with the kids is always interesting to see. So Disneyland would definitely be nice. All right, great. Thank you so much for that. So now on to the episode for the day. Andela has successfully built remote teams for companies. Please tell us more in detail what Andela does. Um, thanks for that. So Andela is an engineering as a service company. Um, okay. And how we started out in, uh, we, the company was launched in uh, 2016, um, started off in Nigeria. Um, 
and eventually go to expand across Africa. Um, how we started out was by identifying people who are interested in technology, uh, training them as developers, um, and then placing them within companies that we work with. Um, and then that has evolved uh, where, where we are at this moment, we're almost like a marketplace for technical talent. Um, so okay. we still identify the, the most technical, best developers on the continent, uh, plug them into the ecosystem that we have, and then work with companies. So we have close to 200 companies that we're working with uh, globally. Um, and we're among the first to actually uh, push the remote uh, work setup. Um, and now the whole world is doing it. Uh, but particularly in Rwanda, uh, what we're doing is uh, what we call the Andela Technical Leadership Program. So we take right. um, aspiring developers, software developers, uh, take them through a training program um, for about uh, eight months and a half. Um, right. And what that does is that we simulate the workplace from day one. So from the way that we hire them, the recruitment process, uh, everything we do simulates the workplace. And then after the, so the recruitment process takes about a month uh, where they do technical assessments online, they do an interview, um, and then from that they get into uh, a boot camp of sorts, uh, go through that and then build projects, what we call project work. And then when they finish all that, uh, they, they then spend the final three months of their training program uh, as apprentices. So doing an apprenticeship program where they're placed within companies that we work with. So in the current iteration of the program, we have about 25 companies um, here in Rwanda that we're working with. Um, and our engineers are placed within them. Um, so, you know, uh, building products for them, really. Um, and what that does is that uh, it gets them really, while we've given them the technical training skills and everything that they need to succeed, but actually being plugged into this, uh, the companies then shows them how it's really done in the real world. Then you're not just uh, building in a sandbox, in a safe environment, but you actually know if that if you make a mistake, it's going to affect um, a live code base, it's going to affect a product that is being used by users out there. So it really elevates uh, the level of work. Um, and also on the side of the ecosystem, then the companies get a chance to almost um, see the quality of people that they can then be able to hire. Um, so it's, it's, it's been an interesting journey. Um, and yeah, uh, I think Andela has had a massive impact on the continent. All right, great. And with that said, how would you compare the skills landscape in Africa a few years ago and now? Something that caught my attention uh, late last year, uh, IFC released a report uh, that I believe they worked on with Google. And what they announced was that um, the continent has about 700,000 um, software developers. Um, this is not something that was there before. Um, and it's not just uh, because of Andela, it's because of a lot of companies. It's because um, 
you know, I'll take it back a sec. When Andela started and uh, a few years back when Mark Zuckerberg um, visited Nigeria and, you know, went and visited Andela and visited other companies, you could tell there was an excitement, um, not just in Nigeria, but there was an excitement on the continent. Um, when you see these tech leaders come to Nairobi, um, when they come to uh, Kampala, Ghana, Rwanda, all these places, um, it has an effect where you even see people who are not in these programs, but other people, you know, other young people who are like, huh, if so-and-so can do it, I can do it. Um, and yeah. with the available infrastructure, with the internet, all, it, all you need is to be connected. All you need is, um, you know, if you think about it, most of us carry computers in our pockets, right, with smartphones. Um, right. So it's become so accessible that people are starting to do it. And this wasn't available a few years back. This wasn't available, um, you know, uh, when you look back 10 years, when you look back even um, five or even six years, um, a lot of it wasn't available because while the main capital cities of, of, of Africa had internet connectivity, a lot of times it wasn't uh, very fast. It wasn't very good. Sometimes the rural areas were not connected, but right now, uh, there's been a lot of infrastructure deployed. There's been a lot of things in place. Um, so it's it's massively growing. Um, and, and there's a lot of promise. There's a lot of promise. Um, every other day on social media, you see on Twitter announcements, different people. Um, you see Africans who are working remotely for, for all these global tech giants um, and are doing amazing work. So I think... You know, my honest opinion is that uh, the tech scene um, is is really growing and it's going to get better. It's going to even get better because um, the more people get into it, the more people make it public, then the ones behind us keep rising. And then you're starting to see an effect where even within our universities, uh, within the higher learning institutions, they are starting to adapt and align with the demand that is in the marketplace. I mean, it's great that you're able to articulate that and you've basically kind of highlighted a pain area, which uh, brings me to ask, why has the focus been on tech skills? You mean just for Andela or you mean gen from a general standpoint? Let's, let's, we can break it down into two, um, look at it from just Andela and as well as just generally on the continent. Um, so I think for Andela, it really boils down to... Uh, what you're capable of doing, right? Um, so when you yeah. look at our story, when you look at the co-founders, because um, it started out as a bunch of friends uh, who did university together, coming together, trying to build a solution. They're trying to solve this pain point and leveraging the skills that they have and also thinking about uh, what is available and what can be able to move the needle. Um, and then... But the other side of that coin is the demand for, for tech skills, for skilled people, for software developers. Um, yeah. It's always been said that, uh, it's been said for a while now that there's about you know, 1.2 million um, software development jobs that uh, when one out of four uh, jobs are filled. So there is so much demand for that. Um, and then when you look at, um, the effect of the internet. Um, there's so many businesses that are coming online. There's so much need and demand for this. 
um, that it really makes sense for people to look at tech skills. However, um, what you realize very fast once you get into this is that tech skills alone are not enough. Uh, so to be able to, and just taking the, the Andela example, uh, for us to be able to delight a customer, to be able to delight a client that we work with, um, right. it's not just the tech skills. Uh, it has to be also the, the soft skills, the professional skills. You know, the, if, if your engineers don't have excellent communication skills, um, the, the company that you're working with is not going to be happy with the job that they do because you're working in different time zones. Um, it's sometimes, you know, you're talking with different accents. Uh, so you have to be able to communicate extremely well. And then you also have to, when your communication skills are good, you're able to set the right um, expectations. So if you say you're going yeah. to do a task, you're able to say, this will be delivered at this time, or I need more time to do this. So what you, at least what we noticed very fast was uh, there was a need for uh, really good professional skills. So it's something that um, we've infused into the training program where uh, you spend, our engineers, our trainees spend as much time uh, developing their professional skills, their soft skills, um, as they also do the technical skills, but also when we are hiring, um, because we have a lot of people that have joined Andela that continue to join Andela um, as you know skilled senior software developers, that's something that we always look out for, uh, because we know that if someone doesn't have uh, you know the professional skills, the communication, the stakeholder management, do they have people management skills? Because you have to understand some. Um, Technical roles are different. Some of them are, you know, you're expected to be an individual contributor where you're just working on your code, but sometimes you're expected to manage a team. So if you're managing a team, do you have the skills to be able to do that? So in a way, we've sort of like started getting into uh, some of these others. Um, but I think it's also the focus on the tech skills, because I know it's not just Andela. When you look uh, generally, there's a lot of initiatives, there's a lot of programs that are focusing on tech skills, and you don't feel like it's the same with some of the other sectors. The fear was that um, if you needed to train for other skills, it had to be done in person. So with tech skills, people understood early that you can leverage technology. You can, you don't have to be limited by your geography. You don't have to all be in the same location. Um, so I feel like that's a trend that is starting to change now, especially, you know, yeah. because last year all of us were forced to work from home. There was no travel involved and all these things. So people were really pushed to be uh, very creative and still be able to deliver. So I firmly believe that uh, this is going to change. I firmly believe that there's going to be um, uh, a massive push into this to see more trainings focused for the uh, creative sector. It's, a, it's already there, but I don't feel like it's as much as tech. Um, mm -hmm. And there's going to be uh, more people who take it on um, because there's that realization, you know what, I can be able to achieve this with the technology that I have. Um, and that also reduces the cost involved a lot of times because all of a sudden you're able to have a prof like um, an extremely good uh, authority on the subject matter uh, 
be able to do it from the comfort of their home without having to to pay for an air ticket, without having to 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 lodge them in a hotel to do a one week workshop. Everyone can turn on their webcam um, and just be able to uh, record and leveraging the tools. You know the way we're doing this podcast right now. Right. All right. So, um, given your experience um, with tech management and you know being an entre- entrepreneur leader yourself, how essential are tech skills in accelerating entrepreneurship and innovation in Africa? And you know, what would you say are some of the education educational pain points that people haven't identified as well? Huh. Um, yeah. I think. I think the. Technical skills, one of the biggest advantages of, of having technical skills is that you can be able to um, create your idea like extremely fast. So yeah. you can think of something, um, write it down on a piece of paper and get away. Mm-hmm. And the moment you have your idea, the moment you have it's crystal clear how you want the thing to work, then you're able to go down and actually write the code and make it live and put it out there. Um, and something, by the way, to think about is it's not just limited to software developers, right? Uh, you don't have to be uh, writing the code per se because these days there are so many tools that make it accessible even to people who are not software developers where you can just yeah. leverage your creativity, think about the product that you want to do and you have tools that you can just uh, put something together extremely quickly. Um, so I think, to me, that is the first reason why tech skills are very critical. Um, it's that the time it takes to become um, proficient and actually be able to build an MVP, be able to build something that a user can use somewhere, is extremely fast. Um, now. All things considered, yes, there's a steep learning curve depending with what you're trying to do. Um, but, it, but it's also accessible in such a way that there are so many um, entry-level things that you can do. Um, another report that I saw, I can't remember if it was last year or a few years back, um, uh, I think it was with the World Economic Forum where um, they were looking at uh, the learning curve, how long it takes for different skills that people take on. You know, yeah. all things considered, you can be um, a decent beginner somewhere between a month and six months, depending with what you're learning, right? Uh, with some of the most technical subjects being with that four or six months period and some of the others uh, being things you can be able to do within a month. So to me, that's something that is quite crucial. And then the other one is that, the other reason is that technology is what uh, is really powering entrepreneurship in this day and age, uh, especially in Africa, um, yeah. because you will, you will, while your product may not be uh, a technology product per se, uh, technology is what you will leverage to be able to get it to the people, right? Um, a, a creative person who's um, selling crafts, uh, doing different things, while their product may be artworks, you know, they leverage tech to be able to get it to people. So to me, that's why um, it's, it's really intertwined. And as we, where we're headed, um, it's going to be even more so, and you will not be able to tell the difference because anything you do, you will be able, you will 
need to leverage technology to be able to achieve it. Um, and when you look at it also, uh, one, one trend that I really like is that uh, it's becoming more accessible for people so that um, everyone can focus on their skills. So yes, there's a lot of demand for software developers, but we need to make it so simple that um, if someone is an artist, their time is well spent being an artist, not learning how to develop so that they can publish their music or they can publish their artworks or something like that. And I feel like that's where we're getting to, where an artist is able to come and, and create a, a store where they can sell their art within seconds. That way they're focusing on what their talent is and they're only required to be, um, you know, just tech savvy, just to be able to know uh, what the people need, just be able to understand the language well, just be able to uh, use the technology skills, you know, the basic technology skills, the basic digital skills, and they're able to operate that way. Okay, so season three um, of the AOU podcast holds way more gems than we anticipated, and we've introduced uh, case studies. So I hope you're ready for this next question. Are you? Okay, let's do this. <laughs> All right. Patricia is 23 years old. Um, she's an agripreneur in Kenya whose marketplace connects farmers to their market, reducing costs of the middleman so that the farmers can earn more. The reality is that she can't afford to hire a highly skilled engineer. How can she go about training herself to become one? Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so first thing I'd say is, you know, leverage the internet. Um, does anything you're trying to learn how to do, uh, you can be able to find um, at an affordable price uh, on the internet. Right. Um, Udemy has, uh, this feels like I'm doing ads for, for all these tech companies, right? Udemy <laughs> has monthly offers where you'll be able to get courses somewhere between nine and $12. Um, yeah. There's a lot of open source information uh, that is freely available. YouTube is amazing. Um, you know, you have you have platforms like FreeCodeCamp where uh, you can learn to uh, all the technical skills that you need uh, to become a web developer uh, uh, free of charge. So the first thing would be um, if you have a computer, uh, and I'll say a computer because while you can do it on the phone, there are limitations to that. Uh, if you're trying to teach us, um, if you're really trying to get into uh, software development and be a highly skilled engineer, uh, doing it on a phone is going to be quite challenging. Uh, but if you have a computer, if you have an internet connection, um, you, can, you have all it takes to be able to push forward. Now, I know that in Africa that we have uh, a lot of times infrastructure challenges, power issues, uh, the internet is not very good. Um, but yeah, you can be able to do it. You can be able to do it. So that is the first thing I would say. Um, but also it's, it's plugging into the communities that are existing wherever you are. So, you know, depending with where Patricia is in Kenya, um, just being able to find other people that are doing what she's doing, other people that share similar interests, um, you know, um, peer support is something that is quite powerful and when you're able to plug into a community um, this is something that will do great I, I mean 
we that's how we've always operated um that's how we do it and um when andela started in rwanda every country that we've gone to we plug into it and we create a community around uh software developers because when you're learning just being able to be in the same whatsapp group with other people who are learning just to be able to meet on a weekly basis and have people who you, who you can ask questions uh is something that will go a long way um but also to say um when you're an entrepreneur uh one of the critical skills is also knowing what your limitations are like what can i teach myself what can i learn and build and at what point do i bring on somebody else um so i would also encourage her to um yeah i know getting engineer uh technical skills and engineers is quite expensive but these days there are ways you can be able to get freelancers um at a much more affordable rate um so also looking into that i'm i'm always cautious uh when i talk with people to um uh, yes you can teach yourself but especially when you're running a business sometimes you get to a level where uh you don't want to get in the way of the growth and the needs of the business so sometimes you can be able to push through yourself but sometimes the skills required may not be the skills that you have and you may need to get help from us from elsewhere now i know that opens up a, a whole other conversation about funding and getting the right resources and everything that is needed um but there is um there is enough for anyone to start a business there is enough uh resources out there for anyone to um get the basic foundations at least put out an mvp uh put out a v1 of the product um and then eventually keep uh updating as they go At AOU we believe in missions not majors. This is why we are introducing a new program called the Bachelor's of Entrepreneurial Leadership. It is a one of a kind program equipping you to be consequential and ignite a ripple of change in the world. Are you looking to become the ultimate problem solver, an entrepreneur leader that makes all the difference in the community and the world? Join AOU and begin your entrepreneurial journey. To learn more about Bachelors of Entrepreneurial Leadership, visit our website www.aoueducation.com. Come lead a mission-led life. Right, thank you so much for that. And if anyone doesn't think that that was sound advice, they should actually let us know what their thoughts and feelings are in the comment section. Um at aoueducation on Instagram and on Twitter. um as well as finding us on Spotify and Apple podcast. And speaking of sharing experiences, could you please share a couple of stories of innovative solutions built as a result of skills training? Um so that's a bit of a tricky one because we yeah. the <laughs> the trainings that we do and even the programs like what we do so our engineers plug within the companies that they are working with. So a lot of times we are not able to while we can talk about some of the companies we are not really able to openly um say exactly what they're building. But you know I'll I'll give you an example um just to give you an idea uh some of the best uh learning platforms and um uh, creative platforms used by designers and other play people you know we have Andela engineers that are working on them. An example I can give which I'm sure you know is Coursera. 
Um, so we have engineers, uh, Andela engineers that work with a Coursera team. We have Andela engineers that work directly with Pluralsight. Um, you know, Viacom, uh, the, the media company that owns CBS and others, uh, Cloudfare, which is um, really big in, in, in uh, on the internet and making sure that um, people are able to use different services. Um, and then in Vision, we also, uh, which is a tool that is highly used by designers. And for me, when I think about that, uh, the fact that you have Africans working on this kind of products, um, a lot of times uh, from their home countries, in the comfort of their home, uh, without having to relocate to these countries. Yes, we have people who relocate and that is okay. But there's something powerful about um, working for a world-class uh, engineering organization um, from where you are. Because on the weekend uh, or in your free time, you will mentor people. You know, you will interact with uh, university students, high school students. Um, you will influence the community around you. And the more they see you do what you do, they know you're inspiring the next generation of people. And they know that, uh, you know, if, if Savannah can do it, I can do it. Um, I want to be able to work on similar projects that she does. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, the ripple effect is, is amazing. And coming back to the report that I mentioned, uh, the, the Google and IFC reports, uh, the fact that we have about 700,000, uh, developers on the continent, um, is, this just shows, uh, goes on to show the power of technology. And I believe it's just growing because, um, Someone, all of a sudden, when you think about opportunities for the kids who are growing, for the people who are in high school, for the people who are in university, as they are thinking about their options, they know the opportunities out there that they can be able to take. So you're not getting into software development um, and wondering, okay, will I even get a job? No, a lot of people are thinking, okay, how do I land with a Fortune 500 company um, and what is the pathway to that? Um, and yeah, this is not something that was possible before. So, but also lastly, one thing I would also love to throw in there, and it's a bit of a plug for Andela, of course, is something we call the Andela <laughs> Learning Community. Shamelessly. Uh, shamelessly putting it in there. Um, it's, it's, it's a program that we've been running since uh, 2017, and we do it with all these technology partners. So we do it with, uh, with micro we've done it with Microsoft, Udacity, um, Google, um, and you know we are on track to be able to train about 100,000 developers. Um, last year alone, um, we we did a program that uh, reached about. Wait, was that last year or two years ago? Yeah, 2019. The 2020 is consoled in my mind, so that's why I was saying last year. <laughs> but 2019, we did one where, um, you know, about 60,000 people. Um, yeah. And we continue to do this, and you continue to have more uh, people across the continent who are learning, who are growing, who are building um, 
projects and putting it online. Um, and it's really technology uh, levels the playing field. Um, it really yeah. does. And yeah, I'm a bit militant about this, but uh, and can go on forever. So let me let me pause for now and allow you to ask more questions. <laughs> All right. So I, I think it's great that you've, you know, put out like a face to the a name to the face of the real experiences and real stories that, you know, come with um, skills training. I mean, in as much as you're unable to disclose certain information, but it's, it's good to see the, the power of education, technology um, and per se, like skilling Africa and what it should essentially look like. So. Um, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative is one of the many investors of Andela. Google, Microsoft, Alibaba, as you mentioned, and many other initiatives by leading tech companies have sprung up on the moment on the continent. What uh, difference have these programs made in skilling Africa? Uh, so the big differentiator for me is that um, for the entrepreneur, for the, for the developer and entrepreneur out there who's thinking of a product that is needed, um, seeing, you know, these investors coming into the, the tech ecosystem, into the African tech ecosystem, all of a sudden they know, hey, if I build this, I can actually um, get funding and I can be able to scale across the continent. And that is something that um, a few years back in Africa, people wouldn't think about because you almost had to relocate and uh, go to Silicon Valley to be able to access this. But the fact that they're now coming and um, finding the, the entrepreneurs where they are um, is something that is, that is really going to change it. And what it does also is that... Um, Again, it's that effect where people start seeing it. Um, you see that, you know, uh, Paystack got acquired by Stripe for 200 million US dollars. And someone is like, huh, I can build my product and maybe I can have an exit this big. Or even if it's not this big, um, I can actually succeed because it proves that this works. Um, because you look at that where Paystack um, got that and where a company like Flutterwave, um, you know, uh, there was a report last year that came out and they're valued at higher than 150 million US dollars, like why, why Combinator companies. Um, and then you look at even the, some of the smaller ones um, where the ripple effect, um, people getting into uh, ed tech solutions. You have people who are, uh, now building for the creative markets. Uh, you have people who are building for finance, people who are building for um, uh, the arts. You know, uh, there's always music applications coming out and different kind of creative ventures. So all this, all of a sudden people know, hey, if I persist, if I really take my time and build this well, this is where I can get. And as a result, you know, they're teaching themselves. Um, they are studying really early. Um, when we do the training, with a training program that we do, a lot of times we interact with, uh, when we do events, when we do um, talks, community events, um, I look at the quality of high school students who are actually interested in tech. 
And I'm like, this is not the way I was when I was in high school. Like, I didn't have this available to me. I wish I got exposed this early so that I can start uh, building and getting to this level. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I, I firmly believe that uh, there are going to be some unicorn companies that come out of Africa. And, and this, is the, this is the effect. It's the fact that they see and know, hey, I don't have to go to Silicon Valley. I don't have to go to, to I don't have to relocate to Europe. I can build from where I am um, and be able to achieve this. All right. So we've talked about what tech skills are, the opportunities then and now, real life accounts of you know what they can do. Um, but with everything, there are two sides of the coin. So looking at now and into the future, what challenges do we still need to address in our education systems to ensure a more skilled Africa? Huh. Um, the first the first thing that comes to mind for me is um, infrastructure. Um, we really need um, a much better infrastructure. And I think the pandemic really exposed this because you look at the effects that it had with, with um, lockdowns, um, with schools uh, in a lot of countries uh, being closed for, you know, now coming to a year, I was just talking with a few, uh, with my family and a few other people over the weekend that uh, in two weeks it's going to be a year since we started the lockdowns, at least in Rwanda. Um, so I think the first thing for me is infrastructure, um, making sure that, um, you know, the internet that I have uh, is accessible to everybody else. Um, when, I, when I think of the program that we've been running um, in Rwanda over the last year, 30% of the people are not based in Kigali. 30% uh, of the people are outside of Kigali. Um, so for them to be able to have a good, decent internet um, where you're not struggling to be able to do the basic things is one. Um, two is really um, revamping and aligning our education system uh, with the needs of the market. So a curriculum and education system that was designed uh, 30 years ago cannot be um, relevant to the world that we live in right now. Um, so it's making sure that uh, we, we really start training people for, um, you know, the problem-solving and critical um, thinking skills that they need. Um, because when you look at the world we're getting into, um, it's not so much how much information you have in your head because, hey, again, everyone has access of this information at a fingertip. Um, it's, it's how you're able to analyze this information. It's how you're able to make decisions based on that. It's your problem-solving skills. It's how well you're able to communicate with people. So I, this is something that needs to translate and we uh, put it into our education system also. And we need to start early. We cannot just do this at a higher learning um, institutions, at a higher learning level or at graduate level. Uh, we need to start looking at it, uh, doing it much earlier, because if um, someone gets to university and they've spent uh, their primary and high school um, being told that, uh, you know, being creative is, is not the way to succeed in the world, 
um, sometimes by the time they get to, to university, it's a bit too late for them to be able to uh, turn that around. Um, so we need to start cultivating that much earlier um, and really uh, get people to that level because it's, it's yeah, we have, a, we have a long way to go. We have um, a long way to go, but we've also come a long way. There's a lot of positives. There's a lot of um, progress that you've seen. And, you know, again, plug for you guys, ALU has done an amazing job. I look at what ALU has done um, in Rwanda, the effect that it's had and other places. I look at institutions like Carnegie Mellon University that have come in um, at a graduate level. And you even look at the graduates that are coming out of the you know, uh, at the undergrad programs, uh, the quality of the people is, uh, of the talent is really improving compared to the way it was some years back. So that's, it's, it's quite encouraging to see. All right. So um, I, I think you touched on this quite a bit. Um, how can other categories in education, like the arts, health sciences, and what have you learned from the tech skilling impact in Africa? In your opinion, like maybe two or three points. Um, it's that you have to really be consistent. Um, you have to be consistent. You really have to play the long game. Um, it's not a one-off. Um, you know, um, I think there are some words that we need to take out of our vocabulary when we, when we think about tech skilling. And, um, you know, a lot of times when people say this is easy, this is... Uh, you can do it in 12 weeks. Um, like, you really have to be um, willing to do the hard work, uh, willing to, to invest the time. Um, and, yeah, play the long game because I'll give an example. Um, any company that comes in, any, any job that you look at, you know, any category, whether it's in, whether it's in finance, whether it's in... The creative sector, whether uh, it's it's medicine or anything, everyone wants uh, highly skilled people. Everyone wants the specialists with 10, 15 years of experience. But something you always have to think about is um, how do they get there? Uh, what's the process to get there? Uh, what does it take uh, to, 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 to build uh, this network, to build this ecosystem um, so that you have this massive talent pool? Um, to meet this need. Um, so I would say really taking the time to do it right, um, being consistent with it, um, but also realizing some of the other things that are needed, some of the other crucial skills that are needed. Like I said, uh, uh, we talked about the soft skills, we talked about you know the problem solving and critical thinking. Um, something else that is, especially with the move to, to working remotely, um, that people take for granted a lot of times is self-management and self-discipline. Um, yeah. if, if you don't have that, you're not going to be able to operate in this new world that we're in. Um, and then being, being a connector, um, working really well with people um, is, is something else that I see that uh, is taken for granted, but um, that is something that is going to come in handy um, because if someone someone can be extremely smart, the smartest in the room, but if they're a jerk and a pain to work with, 
nobody will want to be on their team, nobody will want to work with them. So just being able to develop that, um, that emotional intelligence, um, knowing how to motivate and uh, bring others along as you build, as you uh, move things forward, um, yeah, is also critical. Oh, great. Thank you so much for that. So unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But we do hope this is not the last that we hear of Mike. Um, hopefully, we'd have more conversations on the podcast, on and off the podcast in the future. But yeah, I just want to say thank you for joining us today and articulating um, what skilling Africa would essentially involve, telling us more about what Andela does and, you know, giving us a piece of advice and a few gems here and there for us to carry with us as we go. So thank you so much for that. Thanks so much, Savannah. Um, really appreciate you taking the time to chat. Um, yeah, definitely happy to do this again. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. We just had Mike Dimurukundo of Andela, whose mission is to skill Africa. What is your mission and what are you doing to achieve it? At ALU, we believe in supporting young leaders as they declare their mission and embark on the journey to achieve it. If you already have a mission or feel like you're ready to declare your mission, then ALU is a place for you. Visit our website, www.aluducation.com to apply to ALU. Remember, you can tune into our podcast on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. This is the AOU podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa, Real Stories, Build Experiences.